Hey guys, welcome to the Fahim Mujahid podcast. I'm your host, Fahim Mujahid. I'm a mental conditioning and human performance coach, but more than that, I'm a father, husband, family member, and friend who draws a lot of inspiration and passion from pouring into other people. Listen, I've been on this journey of self-evolution myself, and I find that with each opportunity, if one's passionate enough, you can find ways to not only enrich the lives of others, but find your way to your true north. I find so much inspiration from growing and learning and doing whatever I can to expose my own wounds so that we can collectively heal together. What I want for this podcast is an opportunity for me to use it as my offering to shifting the energy, the focus, the consciousness of the world that we're all experiencing, the world that we're all living in. It's a place that I want to grow with you so that we can all grow and become the best versions of ourselves. Welcome. Hey, what's going on, everyone? Thank you for tuning in to today's podcast. I'm excited to go on on this powerful journey um, like I always am. Um, Wow. Wow. Today's an inspiring day Um, for me. It's been a lot of things throughout um, throughout the day um, leading up to today's recording that's been so inspiring. I've been finding inspiration in at home. I've been finding inspiration um, in my work, and I just feel so um, filled with gratitude right now. I figured I just wanted to start with that intention. Um, today, we're going to talk about uh, the cost of expectations. You know, I think that's something that isn't necessarily um, spoken into or spoken spoken about often. I find that in my space and the work that I do in trying to support high performance to perform even better or even higher, I think oftentimes there's an assumption of an expectation. And as we, you know, as we all know, there's a difference between assuming um, and expecting. So we want to land a little bit on that just to kind of share my perspective on it and give you guys some um, one or two key ways to kind of help you guys navigate through those expectations. Um, but before we do that, um, as you know, with every podcast, it's a combination of two powerful um, communities that are near and dear to my heart. The first First is Breathe Life. Breathe Life is a movement, a Miami-based movement um, that began um, three years ago. Wow, time flies. Three years ago, and, and the whole, the mission behind Breathe Life is to be able to hold inspiring spaces where people come together, um, like-minded, um, to create an energy, uh, to create a togetherness, a connection through meditation and through performance psychology exercises. Um, and it's been one of my most fondest, um, finest moments, memories, journeys. So um, Breathe Life, Breathe Life is one of those uh, movements that hopefully um, will continue to grow and continue to find space to fulfill people within the Miami community. Um, And then Headspace, um, the community, online community is something that is also growing in in popularity, but also expanding on just just what I pour into it. I think Headspace for me is um, creating an online community that has a lot of the characteristics of Breathe Life um, in essence of, or as it relates to kind of like building a space where people can come together and see one another without being judged and support each other, but leave with the necessary tools and access to the community and, and to the to the fellowship and, and the leadership um, 
that they can continue to start pouring into and finding different ways to show up more powerfully in their in their life. So Headspace is the on, um, online community and, and very in a lot of ways, I say it's the online equivalent to um, Breathe Life. So so welcoming both of those tribes to this space. Um, today's word um, for our uh, podcast journey is commitment commitment. And if you look up the noun in the dictionary, it says the state or quality of being dedicated to a cause, activity, etc. Commitment. You know, I've been thinking a lot about commitment as of late. Um, one of the blessings that I'm able to do is I hold space for there's a couple couples, <laughs> there's a couple couples. So there's about a there's probably about three or four couples. Um, um, three are married. One are just long term. Um, have been together for a really long amount of time. That I feel so fortunate to be able to hold space and try to um, create a way, a pathway um, for them to be able to see each other in a very beautiful, um, intentional way. And I find that a lot of times when you bring, or when I when I step into that space in that shared space to as a way of kind of trying to become like a way of triangulating the conversation what you're trying to do is you're really just trying to like hold space and stand there and be the observer you're not trying to you know lead with your voice or lead with your opinion about what they're experiencing these are two powerful beings coming together and trying to hold space in a very beautiful way and what you're seeing unfold right in front of you it, you know what you're seeing unfold is is often different layers of deep commitment um to one another, not only to one another, but to to themselves and how in a lot of ways, this powerful relationship is serving as an opportunity for them to continue to grow and expand um, and learn. Um, And I I just find that when you're when you're finding two people who come to a space um, and commit to one another on on the deepest level and are willing to consistently show up and commit to doing the work for one another, Nothing, you know, I'd be hard pressed to find something that's as as inspiring as that. You know, I think, too, in my in my personal relationship, you know, I think my wife has always um, been a a powerful teacher for me when it comes to commitment. You know, I think I didn't really, you know, when I look back on my childhood experiences and what was mirrored for me, I didn't, you know, my that commitment or seeing what commitment in the different levels of commitment when it comes to the relationship of committing to someone was something that I, I didn't see often. You know, I, I I actually saw the opposite. You know, my you know, bless bless her heart, my mom was married more than six times and you know, growing up in that, growing up in that um, household and seeing that, and although you understand a lot of it has to do with just the Islamic customs um, by which I was brought up in, but still, as a kid, you're experiencing um, the inconsistency of commitment. So, what you automatically do, or what you take into your life as an adult, is having a a way in which you view um, what commitment looks like and and what it can cause and how it can lead and. And, you know, commitment was something I struggled with. You know, now, now don't get me wrong. You know, the commitment that I saw growing up in my in my household was definitely a commitment to each other, our family. You know, my mom, my siblings, we committed to each other. But, but when it comes to or as it pertains to like the commitment that one goes through, the ups and downs of um, a fulfilling relationship isn't something I had access to. So, you know, even now, you know, that's something that I look to my wife to lead. You know, she had more 
um, concrete examples um, growing up. And, you know, I find that I've been having to really practice a lot of grace with myself and patience with myself and, you know, understand that, you know, I don't arrive anywhere closer by judging myself and looking at myself and seeing what I don't know or how frustrating it is or how easy it is for me to kind of revert back to my default way of thinking, which is to um, avoid or to disconnect or to end um, a commitment um, because that's all I because that's what I've seen. That's what my experience is. But allowing myself to feel all those feels and identify and, and really connect to where they're stemming from and be willing to kind of get beyond it if, if there's space to um, whether it's finding support, talking to someone, whether it's seeing other men who are also um, showing up and expanding um, how they commit to themselves and extracting as much meaning and inspiration from that, or just having a loving conversation with someone who has the experience of seeing it um, mirrored um, growing up, you know, i.e. my wife or, 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 or people within either of the communities I'm a part of. So, so commitment, you know, I've been, you know, recently the couples that I've worked with, for some reason, it's been something that's been showing up um, with each one of the couples this last six days. And um, every every time um, this week, I've left with some of the things that I'm challenging or they're challenging themselves through within their relationship that I'm holding space for. It's, it's really, um, it's been something that's been really challenging and you get a chance to see um, how important that commitment to one another is. So I've been inspired by that. Um, so today we're talking, we're just going to spend a little bit of time talking about cost. You know, what I find about what I find about costs or the expectation of costs, you know, I remember texting, um, texting a coach that everything of value is uphill. And, and I can't remember who had written the quote, but I do remember when I came up, when I came across it, it automatically resonated because, you know, you think about greatness, you think about anything um, really of substantive value on the journey of life it usually comes at the cost of, you know, requiring that you go uphill. There's some resistance to it. There's some um, some grit. There's a little bit of perseverance that's required. It's never as easy as just rolling downhill. And the reason why, you know, at the time I was sending that to the coach because we're at a different difficult space within the season. And like the mind often does, it always tries to look for and explore and attach meaning to whatever it is that it's experiencing. And depending on what your current level of resistance or some of the hardship that you have gone through um, up into that point of your life, you started realizing that different people within the team, whether it be organizationally or, or players in general, were all we're all landing in what they're experiencing from, you know, different levels in different ways. You know, for some players, it seemed like, you know, it was the end of the world. For other players, it was just operating as normal. Um, for some players, it was almost as if by going through this, it kind of really allowed them to really enjoy the season that much more. And what you started noticing is that those divides or the differences of what they were experiencing started to become more pronounced as as a challenging as the challenge increased and i just i just found it you know i found that it was so powerful um of a call out to be able to understand that a part of what makes leadership so powerful is that you have the ability to set the stage of what the expectations are you have the ability to set, set the set the stage of expectation. 
You know, they say much of success lies in possession. Much of success lies in possession, possessing the right amount of um, expectations. If I can get it out, <laughs> you know, so so often that's where we kind of miss the mark a little bit in our in our own personal lives, but also in the personal commitments that we have for what we want to do or who we want to be or how we want to show up in a relationship um, with ourselves or with with the with with the person that we're in a relationship with. We really get clear about, you know, the cost, really get clear about the expectations. And what I find is that a part of leadership is being able to kind of create a solid reality of what the expectations is or what the expectations will be. I think oftentimes we see leadership as a space that's supposed to exist in this fairy tale world where you're painting everything as rosy or everything's going to work out the way that we intend it to. You know, during off season, you're painting when all the plays are going to go well and where the games are going to turn out the way that we want them to. You know, but a failure to prepare for the worst moments, um, a failure to really set the expectations to some of the realistic hardships and challenges along the path, um, a failure to do that efficiently, um, you're putting yourself um, at a disadvantage. And more importantly, you're putting yourself at, as, at an increase on possibility of being overcome by the chaos or by the storm or by the hardship of that season you know and, and a lot of times we think that okay well we can go through this or even if we're in 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 the throes of weathering whatever this storm is we can just act as if it's not here act, act as if it's not among us and what you end up doing is you end up in, in your silence you end up you know allowing certain things to um certain things to begin to grow within the culture that you're trying to establish and and usually that silence you know, that silence that comes from not being able to use your voice and lean in and guide people in those moments of hardship. You know, not only do you now um, create an environment where people go into their own default meaning, uh, but sometimes as a leader, the most powerful thing you can do is teach people or speak to pe- or tell people how they should feel, given where they are. And I find that some of the most powerful leaders I've known You know, no matter what it is that they're experiencing, no matter how hard it may seem like to the outside world or everyone outside of the club or organization, powerful leaders have a way of kind of communicating what we're experiencing collectively and allowing the players and everyone within the organization to adapt to their to adapt to their um, level of meaning. So what are your so what are your expectations? What's the cost that you're communicating on the on on the front end? on the front end. And, and I think that what I've been trying to do and how I've been using this in my coaching is really get clear about setting a realistic expectation, but also acknowledging um, the degree of, un- of un- un- uncomfort, um, how there's going to be moments of, of resistance and how that may look, what that's going to look like, what are certain things that may come up throughout this process. And it's not going to be all kumbaya in, in, in shiny seasons. A part of what I do is being able to hold support and, and love on the person that I'm on this path and on this journey with, but, but to be able to do it from a place of accountability. And sometimes that accountability comes um, with, with a firm hand. And that's also a part of what I signed up for. And, 
And I've realized that at times where I haven't communicated that effectively or I probably didn't go to extra mile to make sure that the person with whom I was sharing the role would understood the cost and was in alignment with the expectations um, that usually that led to my demise or it led to creating a creating an environment or creating um, a situation that wasn't helpful or conducive to the desired outcome. And not only that, but when you when you clarify at the at the for, at the at the forefront um, what the expectations is for anything, what you do is you create space for communication. You create space for communication and you really get a chance to access what the other person's expectations for the same experience are. What expectations do they have for the season? What expectation do they have for you as a partner? What expectations do they have for this experience or this um you know, so having the conversation and being um, clear about, you know, the moments of um, resistance or hardships or the costs, the total costs um, that's going to come with committing to greatness or committing to being on this path or sharing this um, big, expansive goal. Um, it can really create a space where you're really allowing yourself and your team to develop a winning edge. And I find that. You know, there's no more important of a time where you can really tell, you can really tell the teams that have the leadership that communicate the upfront cost and do a really good job in making sure that they stay connected to the people that they're tasked to lead and those organizations that don't, you know, and, and you find that those organizations that don't have those conversations or don't allow those players to, or the individuals within the organization to understand um, some of the things that may show up along this path, you see them usually um, operating in their silos and acting and, and, and acting frantically when they come into those moments throughout the season that resemble hardship. And for those organizations that do a better job um, at communicating what those realistic expectations are, um, often do um, a much better job when they're met with those moments of challenge. So um, my, my, my call out to you, um, to you wonderful souls that are listening to my voices, really get clear about the different paths that you're on within your journey, whether it be your relationships, your career, whether it be the quality of your life, whether it be the purpose, the calling that you have. Um, what are some, where can you revisit the expectations that you have? Where can you revisit? Um, and my two tools or two things that I want to ask um, or I want you guys to take into consideration is I want you to really kind of like look at the path that you're on and look at the different things in different areas of your life that are really highlighted and showing up for you right now. It could be a relationship. It could be a career. It could be um, um, a part of your life where you're um, exploring different things and being creative and being more courageous on switching careers or changing or making massive change. You know, explore the cost in each one of those paths. Explore the costs and and reevaluate the expectation. Recalibrate your expectation based off the current level of cost. And sometimes if we don't get that right, we end up um, bringing in a lot of harsh judgment to what we're experiencing. Sometimes just going back and looking at where we are, looking at what our reality and our experience has been, um, we can really do a better job loving ourselves and recalibrating the expectation that we have on ourselves. And the second thing is anything that you have that requires um, a partner or someone else um, to equally pour in um, to what you're trying to create or what you're trying to accomplish, check in with them and their expectations. 
really get clear about whether or not you guys currently share the same expectation or, or, or if you guys are existing in something completely different. Because being able to harmonize and align those expectations can go a long way um, to not only establishing balance, but increasing the probability of your desired outcome. See ball, think ball.